Menopause is normal, but it is a transition filled with physical changes and emotional challenges. We'll talk about what to expect and how to best manage menopause with Dr. Deepali Kashyap, functional gynecologist and founder of Galleria Women's Health. This is Health Talk with the Valley Health System, presented by the Valley. I'm Amanda Wild. Dr. Kashyap, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, Amanda, for having me here. This is a topic which is very close to my heart, and I'm very passionate about it. So I'm very excited to be here talking with you. Menopause happens to every woman. So I can imagine you are passionate about this because you know it's happening to you and every other female on earth at some point. And from my understanding, menopause means you no longer have periods, but there's a lot more to it. What exactly happens during menopause? So menopause, I mean, you said it perfectly that it is a phase of, you know, it's a transitional phase where women go through physical and emotional changes. As the name suggests, menopause means pausing on menstrual cycles. So that's exactly what is happening, that our ovaries basically are no longer making the hormones, which are doing a lot of important functions. And that's what women feel. Every woman goes through it at a different phase. We say mean age of menopause in the United States is 52, but some of us start experiencing it much sooner than others. But yeah, it can last for 6, 7 to even 10, 15 years and creates lots of problems. So what is happening to your body? Your periods stop, you stop ovulating, and you stop making certain hormones that are helpful. That is correct, but that's just part of the problem. Our ovaries make certain hormones like estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. A lot of times we always think of testosterone as a male hormone, but it's very essential for women also. So when these levels start to decline, so declining level of estrogen gives hot flashes, night sweats, difficulty sleeping at night, then our progesterone is extremely important, which is very important for our mental well-being and for a lot of our cognitive function. So decline in progesterone makes us lose our sleep again. And also that brain fogginess, where a lot of time women complain to me that, oh, I cannot think straight. I cannot remember things which I used to. Then when it comes to testosterone, because testosterone again gives us that libido, so loss of testosterone can really have an impact on women's sexual health. There is loss of desire. At the same time, women tend to put on a lot of weight and they have a hard time actually gaining muscle. It's only the fat that we are putting on and difficulty losing fat. But losing these hormones is just a part of the whole big system. Another really important hormone, which is called cortisol, which is made by our adrenal, and that controls a lot of our body functions. So let's say if I have to give you an example. So, you know, right now you and me, we are chatting, we are talking, but let's say the fire alarms, wherever we are sitting, goes off. Then at this point, both of us, we wouldn't want to continue this conversation. All of a sudden, you will feel that you're breathing heavily, your heart rate is higher, and all your mind, because it detects danger, it wants to get out of here. So in this moment, you don't want to now eat, you don't want to drink, you don't want to go to the bathroom to have a bowel moment, you don't want to sleep, you don't want to have sex. All you want to do is just get out of this place, get to a safer place, and then we both will take a deep breath and we're like, okay, now I can eat or drink or do whatever I want to do. And this reaction is supposed to last only for a few seconds or let's say a few minutes, maximum half an hour. After that, we are supposed to come back to our basal levels. But 
lot of us in our current society live in this really high cortisol state where everything is a deadline. Every email, every meeting, everything is a deadline. So imagine living like this for decades. So when we talk about menopause, I want to take a step back. Most of the women, when we are talking about mid-40s, late-40s, and then early-50s. So if you think about all of our lives, this is the phase of our life where most women I see, the kids are getting older. If they have kids, they are leaving home. Our parents are also getting older. They have diseases. They are dependent on us. So women being mostly in charge of everything at home experience this. Not only internally is their body kind of I don't want to say failing them, but it's changing because the ovaries are not making those essential hormones. And then externally, our work, our children, our parents, everything falls on us. So it's a lot on our plate. So let's say we have a huge trash can. When it's empty, you can put a big box and nothing is going to fall out. But once it's full to the brim, now even if you put a paper clip, that's going to fall out. And I feel when we are around 50, same thing happens because our bodies have been through so much that initially in our younger years, you can do whatever and we are able to kind of bounce back. But now after decades and decades of all this damage to our body, we get to a state where it kind of gets really hard to bounce back. Plus, these hormones make a huge impact, declining level of the hormones. So I think when we talk about menopause, it's really this transition, which is not only internal, but external combination of factors that make women experience these symptoms, which like most commonly we said, I see the three most common things are hot flashes, foggy thinking, and then vaginal dryness. And then of course, there are other things like bloating, difficulty, losing weight, loss of desire, irritability. They also kind of part and parcel of this, but this is exactly what is happening. And osteoporosis is one of those common symptoms, is it? Yes. isn't it? Because estrogen is very critical in maintaining our bone. So our bone, you know, throughout our life, we are constantly losing bone and we are constantly making new bone. There is a balance. And when, again, in our teens, in our 20s, we are making more bone than losing. But when we are in this menopause, perimenopause transition, lack of estrogen makes us lose more bone or lose bone faster than we can lay bone. And that's why there's weakening of the bone, which in medical terms, we call osteopenia, leading to osteoporosis. So there is hormone replacement therapy. Who is eligible for that? And how does that work? So yes, and you're absolutely right. There is hormone replacement therapy, which basically, as the name suggests, we're basically replacing the hormones. So when we talk about replacing, traditionally, we only estrogen, progesterone, but even testosterone can be repleted. When I see women and they want hormone replacement therapy, there's a very important step in assessing whether somebody is right candidate or not. Because as much as we love hormone replacement therapy, it does carry certain risks. Like there is theoretical risk of certain cancers, then there is also increased tendency to form clots or liver disease. So this is what I screen out. Like if somebody is at risk of those, any particular like breast, ovarian, uterine cancer, or if a woman is at increased risk of having clots, then those are not the people where we want to give them hormone replacement therapy and increase their risk. So most commonly like women who smoke, or women who have underlying heart disease, or women with seizures, or who had pulmonary embolism or clots forming in their legs in the past. 
to those are the people or somebody has breast cancer or a lot of risk factor for breast cancer. Those are the people we try to avoid. But I tell everyone that when I manage menopause, hormone replacement therapy is just one part of it. Because I said earlier that there are a lot of things which make us experience these symptoms. So for me, it's more personalized approach. If you come to me, then I really want to talk to you and I want to understand what's going on in your life because wherever you are is different from somebody else, right? So I try to understand what symptoms are you having, whether for you vaginal dryness is worse or not able to sleep is worse. If somebody is not in a current sexual relationship, she might not care about vaginal dryness, but if she's not able to sleep, that's worse, right? So it depends what somebody is experiencing, how their lifestyle is. And I also focus a lot on the diet and how much somebody is moving, exercising. So it's management of those things also, which is very, very critical. And on top of that, if this person is right, then we can replace some of the hormones which makes a huge impact. Are there other adjustments we can make to reduce symptoms either before menopause or during the time we're going through menopause besides what you've mentioned, diet and hormone replacement therapy? There are a lot of herbal supplements that I use in my practice that can help to control these symptoms. So these supplements are basically natural herbs that also helps in manage even our cortisol levels and our other hormones. When we think about our hormone, there's a different way to think about it. You know, our body makes hormones. So what are hormones? They're basically chemicals which are made by one part of the body and then they move around in our blood and then they go to different organs and that's where they work. So right now, let's say in menopause where we have lack of certain hormones, I think about it this way, what can we do to make whatever in our body lasting a little bit longer? Like we can give our hormones are made from some raw products. So even supplying our body with certain raw products. And a lot of times it's really good diet, which means a lot of green leafy vegetables. So if we provide it with that and also good fat, we all run away from fat, but good fat is actually really good for us. So even providing our body with good fat, with vitamins, with minerals, which help in making more hormones. Then second thing, like I said, these hormones travel in our blood. So maybe providing it with right environment, with right messengers that can, you can say vehicles, like cars to move us around, providing right vehicles that can help these hormones to move around. Then sensitivity, when these hormones reach any particular organ, they have to be able to enter that hormone. So increasing the sensitivity of our organs to these hormones makes a difference. Then really important fact is removal of these hormones. So estrogen breaks down into certain things and some of those products are actually toxic. So they have to be eliminated from our body. So many people nowadays are super constipated. So if somebody's constipated, then what happens is then even though they have hormones and they are not breaking down and if they're not getting rid of a lot of these bad products, they also tend to accumulate in body and can cause certain cancers. So my role is always to assess somebody, see what is going on and how can I make whatever their natural hormones are to last a little bit longer, make sure that they're able to detoxify themselves properly, that they even the ones they have, they are not causing the side effects. In fact, they're working for the betterment of the health.
And when it comes to hormone replacement therapy, multiple ways it can be given. We have a certain hormones that can be taken as a pill form. Some can be used as creams. You might have heard of injections or pellets. So there are a lot of different ways how we can put these hormones in our body. When we talk about estrogen, estrogen is best used by putting it on the skin. We should not be taking estrogen by mouth. So by skin, because these are fat, soluble hormones, so they're really absorbed very well through our skin. And by using them through skin rather than the pill, the pill increases the risk of clotting with estrogen. Progesterone, it is best taken by pill at night. So women who have really hard time sleeping, the good candidates, if they take progesterone by mouth, we say they literally speak like a baby. They get really good sleep. And when it comes to testosterone, again, through the skin, again, testosterone we don't want to take by mouth, putting it on the skin or by pellets is a good way to give it to the body. I like how you combine natural remedies along with medical remedies to help our bodies help itself. You mentioned that menopause happens average around age 52 and can last years. When it's over, how do we know it's over? Do the symptoms we just talked about end? So, you know, menopause, it's just a transition, like going when the periods are over. And then we say, okay, you're postmenopausal. So it doesn't really end. I mean, we kind of, once the periods stop, we stay in that phase for the rest of our lives. Whether the symptoms go away or not, it varies from person to person. Some people have the symptoms for five years, some will have for 10, 15 years, some will have for a long, long time, and some might not have it at all. And again, what symptoms somebody has, that also varies. Sometimes it's just a little bit of hot flashes, but symptoms like vaginal dryness, they can last for a long time. Because as the estrogen keeps decreasing and decreasing, we might get used to some of the symptoms. We come up with ways of sleep problems and all, but vaginal dryness, it doesn't go away. So it has to be managed, especially if somebody's in a sexual relationship, they might have to do something for a long time for it. I see a lot of women who come to me because they have severe vaginal dryness. And with vaginal dryness, the good thing is it can be easily managed. So any woman who has it, I don't want them to lose hope. I want them to remember that they can go see the doctor because we can easily treat it, and it's such a life changer. The way we treat it is, of course, there are hormones. There's an estrogen cream. And many people who are scared of using hormones, vaginal estrogen, there is just very small amount of systemic absorption. So it can be used in a lot of situations, and it is very safe. And it really, by repleting all that estrogen, can replete the lining of the vagina and really helps with the dryness, painful intercourse. And it, women who have a lot of urinary tract infections or vaginal infections, it can really help with a lot of those. But let's say if you don't want to use estrogen, even then, we have other products which have like hyaluronic acid, which can help to build up healthy vaginal lining in Nevada CBD is used here, so there are a lot of vaginal products with CBD that can be used that also really helps in building collagen in the vaginal lining. Then there are certain other techniques like radio frequency where we help to build healthy vaginal lining, and all these can help to regenerate back to normal vaginal epithelium and helps with the symptoms. Because many women describe that when they are having sex, it almost feels like sandpaper. And I understand that these are not life-threatening, but these symptoms really affect our quality of life and also relationships, which again impact our lives in general. 
So when you're experiencing symptoms of menopause, know there are a range of options for you to choose from and talk with your gynecologist. Absolutely. This is our message today. Like, you know, if anybody wants to learn one thing from it is, if you're having anything, like you cannot sleep, you have foggy thinking, you feel like I'm tired of weight or I'm constantly bloated, just don't lose hope. Go and talk to the right person and you will be able to find the solution. Nobody should be living with these. Dr. Kashyap, thank you for a comprehensive and enlightening conversation about menopause and for cluing us in on some strategies to manage the challenges of menopause. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Amanda. That was Dr. Deepali Kashyap, functional gynecologist and founder of Galleria Women's Health. For more information, visit valleyhealthsystemlv.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out our entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Health Talk with the Valley Health System presented by the Valley. I'm Amanda Wild. Be well. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of the Valley Health System. The system shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians.